What happens when obese patients lose a tremendous amount of weight through techniques such as bariatric surgery? Does their body image improve as their physical appearance changes? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dennis Gage. Dr. Gage is an endocrinologist with a subspecialty in metabolism and clinical nutrition. He is an attending physician at Lenox Hill Hospital and Beth Israel Medical Center and is a clinical instructor in medicine at NYU. Dr. Gage is also the author of The Thinderella Syndrome and director of the Thinderella Lifestyle Change Program in New York City. Welcome to ReachMD. Oh, thank you. How are you doing, Leslie? I am good. Thank you so much. Now, Dr. Gage, what typically happens psychologically when people do lose a significant amount of weight? We've seen this issue, uh, interestingly, in the bariatric surgical patient because, generally speaking, especially in the gastric bypass patients, you do see a significant weight loss. I think there are several interesting things that happen with body image. I mean, generally speaking, most people are improved in terms of their depressive symptoms. They improve mood, self-confidence. They do get a positive psychological improvement. It's a little slower in coming than the physical improvement, which happens quite quickly. But what's interesting is that, in general, a lot of these patients who are significantly obese have originally had a lower uh, self-evaluation of themselves, generally have had issues with their body image, confidence. These things do improve to a great extent in, in the average patient losing significant weight. The real problem occurs, I think, when you look at, number one, what their bodies look like after their weight loss. So there's this whole industry that has grown out of patients who have lost significant amounts of weight and now have this hanging redundant tissue. The plastic surgeons are now called in. A lot of these patients want to have resculpture type surgery to improve their looks. So they're not just happy with the weight loss alone. They're looking for the cosmetic look and the aesthetic look. Do you find that people sometimes have unrealistic expectations of what the surgery may do for them? Yes. Dr. White, who I think is in Rhode Island University, did a study on patients who had lost 31% average on their weight loss after bariatric surgery. And what's interesting is that these patients, despite losing this enormous amount of weight, they were not at their dream weight. They imagined still further weight loss in terms of what their expectations were. Now, they were not unhappy, but it's interesting in terms of what you call reasonable and what the patient expectation is. is one of the biggest issues we have in America when somebody goes on a diet. These expectations, do these vary by gender? Do men have a different set of expectations than women? There have been some studies with women from different countries, women from African descent, for example, are not as harsh on their body image. I think it has to do with what the environment is where they're growing up. You know, you can almost look at something like Hawaii in the 1800s where being overweight was considered a powerful, positive thing. So body image was not looked at as a negative there. But in modern America, the patients who have been the most dissatisfied with their looks have been patients who originally had poor self-esteem and have had an inability to acquire permanent behavioral techniques, individuals who sabotage that. We have individuals who sabotage even the weight loss by outsmarting their surgeries. I mean, that's a topic in itself, patients who have had 
uh, bariatric surgery who are regaining weight, either because they have not corrected their lifestyle and their thought patterns. Now, the people that have a better body image to start with, do they have a better chance of keeping their weight off following surgery? Yes, that tends to be the case. If a patient is more self-confident and and doesn't score high on the depressive testing, to begin with, they're going to do better than patients who have been borderline in their personality. One interesting thing is that if you take everybody as a whole, there's still enough improvement, even in those people who are borderline, to not withhold surgery. Because in the past, when patients were quizzed on, you know, should they have obesity surgery or not, Part of their review was a psychiatric review. I've had many a patient who would have never passed the psychiatric review in terms of the psychology of depression and other issues become some of my most successful patients with weight loss. So it shouldn't obviate it. I think it's a very difficult topic because how do you know if somebody who is borderline, personality, depressed, is just not going to do better when they have the surgery and improve with their clinical symptoms. And even with testing beforehand, you can't predict. That's been one of the big problems. So why bother to test beforehand at all? Well, because, you know, if you look at 100 patients with borderline issues, poor self-confidence, when they have poor scores, there will be a clinical difference. There are reports showing that there are patients in that group just don't do quite as well, but they still do better. It's a good question, and I think it raises the issue of is there a really good psychological screen that is going to predict patients who will work with their surgery and not sabotage it. It's almost as if the surgery has become so well executed at this point from the technical standpoint that patients really are almost, you know, if you want to call the word forced or just induced to do well. We've had patients who have not. I mean, we've had patients who start to regain weight. And it's always an issue of how much of it is the psychology, how much it is the technical procedure itself, or a combination of both. So I hear you saying we're not very good at predicting who's not going to do well. I don't think so. I think when I reviewed some of the papers, I was surprised to see that there's been a little bit of a push to say, you know, just make sure that the patient's not suicidal and that they're going to work with, you know, and not be totally against working with the doctor. But generally speaking, they do better after weight loss in all parameters. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Dennis Gage. We are discussing body image following significant weight loss. Dr. Gage, you had mentioned some of the most common complaints about body image following significant weight loss is the flabby skin, kind of, you know, the leftover hanging down flesh. What other complaints do people have after significant weight loss? Well, you know, the typical thing that's going to happen is they're going to have all the symptoms. There are things like inability to urinate because the hanging tissue is just hanging that low. I had a patient uh, literally today complaining of she sits to go to the bathroom, she's sticking, she feels very uncomfortable sitting. And a lot of this has to do with the elasticity and the flab, what I call the collagen tissue that's hanging. I think the other complaint is that some patients will be somewhat disappointed in terms of their lifestyle. A lot of these patients have expectations of a turn in their whole lifestyle. So significant weight loss does improve their body uh, composition 
it doesn't guarantee that they're going to get the new job, that they're going to get the new boyfriend, etc. Right. So it doesn't solve all their problems. Exactly. And I would think, too, just seeing the celebrities on TV that have come out of the closet, so to speak, about their obesity surgery, they don't seem to have this hanging flesh problem. Well, I have a feeling they get the surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, they must. It, it, it's somewhere, right? It's on some... I, w- I wouldn't be surprised because that's very... I, I forget how many procedures now, just post-op now, uh, the plastic surgeons are doing. It's in the hundreds of thousands now. It, again, you know, is it a bad sign or is it a good sign? It's certainly somebody wants to look good and they feel better when they have that plastic surgery done. It's going to be done. From a functional standpoint, you're dealing with ability to urinate, ability to avoid fungal infections under the skin, back problems, because what happens is the actual fulcrum of the body, the weight is now hanging down in a different position. So there are some legitimate symptoms that occur after massive weight loss. You typically, in the popular media, don't hear about that stuff. You just see these amazing before and after pictures. Again, that gets into that whole reinforcement of the, I would call it the Cinderella syndrome because it's really talking about the concept of not a real world. They're showing you people who are successful and losing the weight and everybody's applauding. And you see these TV programs also where people have lost enormous amounts of weight. Everybody watches it. And you know my challenge to those programs is show me these people two years from now and let's see what's happening then. So given all this information, how can we best counsel our patients that are about to undergo surgery or are post-op already? I think the first thing is before the surgery that the patient is realistic about what to expect. I always tell the patient that when you have a gastric band or a gastric bypass, those are the two most common procedures, this is not the answer to your obesity. This is a tool, and this tool is an internal behavioral tool that you can't touch, really, that's there to help you slow down your eating and eat differently. And you're going to add other tools, emotional tools and social tools that are going to improve the situation. I think when they look at it that way, it's going to be much, much more realistic because they're much more apt to say, okay, I have this tool. Let me now get my mind into this and One of my patients was very, very intelligent in saying, Dr. Gage, you know, I had the surge. She was very successful. I set my stomach. It's set. Then she pointed to her head, and I said, now I have to set this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that's very true in these surgeries. If you want to get the most out of your bariatric surgery, you're going to practice that behavioral change and get that support. You'd mentioned earlier that the patients who don't do well following bariatric surgery in terms of maintaining weight loss, there are those people. Where do they go wrong? I think they go wrong because they get around the procedure, literally, by using different types of foods. So I had a patient who was did fairly well but then started to regain weight. And he said, I can't eat. That's not enough time. The only thing that goes down smooth are chocolate M&Ms. <laughs> and they melt and they go down. What happened is he kind of developed a bad habit because of the surgery, and I said, you know, why are you doing that? Think of having a health shake. They don't think of the obvious, and they'll basically sabotage the event. The other thing that patients have done is that when they don't see that they're losing the weight that they expected to lose, they start to sabotage the effort and just say, oh, I just lost you know, 25 pounds. This is just not worth it. 
And, you know, what's interesting is people adapt. The stomach, despite the surgery, it's amazing how much adaptation you get in the stomach. Years ago, we had a, uh, a balloon that we put down in patients to kind of block the stomach capacity because they, they had this inflated balloon in the stomach. And it was very interesting because it looked good at the very beginning, but these patients just were able to, over time, the stomach got bigger, they were able to adapt and eat more. So part of the problem is, despite the surgery, you could sabotage it. It is a technique, but you could literally, if you're not working with it, have very minimal weight loss. I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. Dennis Gage. We have been discussing body image following significant weight loss. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.